0: Bye. Welcome to the Collect Your Life Incorporated podcast. This is episode 14. I am here with Minister Nadia Givens. I'm sorry. Let me say her whole name. Ooh. Nadia T.T. Don't Givens forget the T.T. Because that makes her distinct. Big T.T. Okay. So if you saw our flyer, of course, we're talking about mental health and Christianity with a whole ordained license all those things minister and therapist mental health professional out here so we don't just have you know anybody talking to you guys Mm -hmm. we have she has her credentials so before we start i just want you to just run down your credentials in the ministry and in the mental health field
1: okay Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here with my sister. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy this. I hope that you learn something. I hope that it blesses you, enlightens you, educates you. I'm just excited to be here. So my credentials for ministry, I am a minister. I have been preaching for four years, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 20 four years but uh just a little more background i've been in the church my entire life on all sides of the spectrum being a preacher's kid um so watching the administration of church and then going into the actual ministry and preaching and helping people outreach evangelism um i have experienced all of that. so aside from just preaching the gospel i have been able to work in the church and it has been one of the loves of my life to be able to work in ministry so on the Mental health side, I have been working in mental health since 2017. But as of the end of 2021, I'm officially credentialed. I am a nationally certified counselor. Um, I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. I am a rehabilitation therapist. At the moment, working on my license. I'm getting my hours for the license because they need a thousand more. Mm -hmm. On top of the thousand I've already done so i'm working on that but i am certified i am legal to practice therapy and i am currently practicing therapy so that is my professional background and my spiritual background
0: okay so y'all see that i don't just bring anybody to y'all like i pull out people that i know got credentials they Mm -hmm. they write so like y'all I need y'all to get up with us, right? So, um, basically, I wanted to talk. This has been like a hot topic okay. for a while, and um, I just wanted to talk about how, like, with Christianity and mental health, for me, like, I'll just, I guess, say my experience as far as mental health and Christianity. Of course, I'm a preacher's kid, too, right. and in Like, where I grew up, it was just, like, not welcoming. Mm -hmm. Or it wasn't heard of to just go to therapy or Mm -hmm. go to, yeah, to get help from anybody but Jesus. Like, so it was just, like, Jesus will handle your issues, you know. fix it. Right. Which he will. Yes, he will. He will. Mm -hmm. But I feel like... uh, there was a lack it was a mm-hmm. whole disconnect like okay yeah. mental health like you go to the doctor but mm-hmm. you take up for your body mm-hmm. but you need to go for your mm-hmm. your mind and everything also and cuz like you're a christian yeah. my therapists are christian yeah. like i have a grief therapist mm-hmm. and then i have a regular therapist yeah. they both are christian based and all that so like it was just kind of I think the first time I actually went was like after I had Carrie, because mm-hmm. um, I had dealt with postpartum yeah. depression and people were saying stuff like oh, "you you'll be okay," yeah. you'll. Be... I, I didn't believe it. Right. I didn't. I didn't right. believe it, so I needed to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that therapist was kind of like a trial and error, and mm-hmm. then like, but it helped a yeah. little bit. He wasn't one that I would continue to go to, but it was still a start right. um of trying to get it because I couldn't breastfeed. That was what I had my heart mm-hmm. desire to do and yeah. it was just a traumatic experience. The mm-hmm. whole birth well it wasn't tra- I would say not as traumatic as, not traumatic as some people might have, but it was still It was alive. traumatic for you. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's
1: understandable
0: so I had to you know go seek help I was like let me go ahead and get on top of it mm-hmm. and then I think the next time I went and that was my first time and I was like I kind of like this yeah. and then the next time I went was like during transition from in the course of mm-hmm. divorce mm-hmm. and I was just like trying to I guess really Find, you know, re reestablish who I am, yeah. and because I was so lost in who I was mm-hmm. as somebody's wife and yeah. all that, so I had to really Jesus and therapy help. So Jesus and therapy, Jesus like the and therapy, says, absolutely. Yes. So <laughs> then I think after that, I just was like, I need one just to have, mm-hmm. like, um, not that I suffer from any, you know mental illness or anything and I think that's like a stigma too and I'll ask you about that Mm -hmm. too but um so not that I suffer from any mental health issues but just because it's good to have somebody who's unbiased to talk um yes I have friends Mm -hmm. that I talk to that are a prayer confidence all that but the therapist can give you that good unbiased you know um word basically like it's a word but it's like professionally too like all wrapped up in the mental health Mm -hmm. profession Mm -hmm. so my first question or just just conversation okay um when you were growing up what did you see mental health in a lot like just in your um opinion like did you see mental health I don't think I
1: saw mental health until I got to college.
0: Okay. So growing
1: up in the church, I knew that there were people that were off, as my grandma would say, mm-hmm. or as the old saints would say, people are a little weird or they look off. Some people would just say flat out crazy. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they were that there was something wrong with them. And I remember being like in, I grew up in Haven, being in my neighborhood and seeing people like on the street, they were talking to themselves. But I never knew that mental health was a thing. And it wasn't until I got to college um, that I was like, oh, there's a name for this. Like, oh, these are diagnoses. Like, this is a medical, you know, thing. And I had been saying since I, I think the first time I ever said I wanted to be a counselor, I was maybe like eight years old. And at the time, it was because I liked my school counselor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do what she does. She talks to me all the time. She helps me. I wanted to be like my school counselor. Shout out to Ms. Harrison. And that was the first time that I said I wanted to be a counselor. But it wasn't until I got to college that I started to see that mental health was a thing. That people actually struggled with it. That there was a name for uh, depression. Or there was a name for anxiety. Or there was... Or a name for ants in my pants. You know how people say that about kids. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, they move too much. They're doing too much restless. restless. I cool. didn't know that there was a name for it. Mm-hmm. So growing up, it was not something I was exposed to at all. It was right. even the first time that I came in contact with it was a complete culture shock. Mm-hmm. Absolute culture shock. Like, very weird. And the time that I've spent educationally with mental health, my own ideas about mental health and the stigmas behind it have changed. Mm-hmm. When I first started in this, and please let me know if I'm talking too much. When I first started in this, I I had feelings about people taking medication. Mm-hmm. I had feelings about people, you know, doing certain types of therapy, like hypnosis and all that weird stuff. Because you grew up in the church and you learn Jesus will fix it. Mm-hmm. You don't need anything else. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You don't need, need anything else. And once I became educated on it, that changed my whole perspective. But the blessing was that I was able to take what I knew about the Lord, about scripture, Mm -hmm. about, you know, the Bible and tie it into my education and find a way to meet them together. Mm -hmm. Uh, But aside from being a Christian and being a therapist, therapy in itself is a real mode of help. Like Mm -hmm. you said, when you go to the doctor... You know, there's a brain doctor, there's a cardiologist for your heart, there's a neurologist, there's a, um ophthalmologist for your eyes, there's a endocrinologist for your pancreas, there's a specialist for every type of ailment that you can have, mm-hmm. and a therapist is literally a person for your, your mind, you know? Um, so I think that's the validation in it, and I break that down to people often. They don't believe in mental health and they don't think it's a real thing or they have a problem accepting it, especially within the church, especially within the black church. Mm -hmm. If there's a doctor for your big toe, if there's a doctor for your ears, you know, ear, nose and throat, if there's a doctor for the top of my head, there can be a doctor for the inside of my mind. Um, And that's how I break it down to people to help them understand that this isn't some crazy mumbo jumbo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we're not shrinking brains or anything. Uh, but it literally is just a person that God put in the earth to help you with your mind. Okay. So, yeah.
0: So, a lot of millennials, if that's my age range. too, So, a lot of millennials have been talking about going to therapy mm-hmm. and, like, being very present about going to therapy. But there's, like, the generations before mm-hmm. them, that don't. Do you believe it's just because of the church, like that stigma with the within the black community mm-hmm. that, or like, or just not even just the church related, just within the black community or mm-hmm. minority communities mm-hmm. that we don't, because a lot of minorities don't go to the doctor because right. they don't. That's another bill right. that they have to worry right. about. They're looking at that. So, um, do you think that that has to do with like the church talk or both? I think it has to do
1: with both. I think the church has played a part in um, relying solely on the charismatic part of church. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's much deeper of historically minorities not trusting doctors. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about it. If I'm a black person, let's say in the 50s, and there are only white therapists around me not trusting some I'm not doing it you know so if there's no representation in the field I'm not going to somebody who doesn't look like me to help me with problems that only my people can understand so I think that the the, the disparity is church social but also just a matter of distrust because if there is no black person around for me to go to if there's no black doctor there's no black dentist if there's Mm -hmm. you know I'm just not gonna go because I don't trust you, you know, and I think over time it has been passed down generation to generation. That, oh, we're not crazy. You know, you don't have to go to those type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear horror stories about people going to the doctor and being completely butchered or, you know, being traumatized from an experience with a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the church has played a huge part, but also culturally and socially has made it taboo to even consider Trusting somebody who doesn't look like you. Or even share the same faith as you to tell
0: you anything
1: about right. anything.
0: Or they would like you to come to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where church hurt comes. because mm-hmm. Some people can't keep their mouth shut and they Ooh, spread your business. You know, the thing about that is,
1: as a professional therapist, the first thing they teach you about is confidentiality.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that I'm legally not allowed to counsel anybody I'm related to friends with, friends on Facebook with, that I have any type of mutual friends with, because the possibility of their personal business being outed is high. The possibility of there being a conflict of interest is high. So that's why like the professional side of therapy, it's made to cater to people. You know there are a lot of safeguards set in place so that people are protected. But when you're in the church, child mm-hmm. business can be spread. It can, they can be spread. They don't spread. understand how it hurts. Yeah,
0: Ooh. and that could cause people not to want to open up to mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like just thinking about different issues, like growing up, like um, it was certain stuff that wasn't mentioned. Right, that was kind of swept. I would, yeah, it was yeah. swept under the yeah. rug. Like different. Issues that mm-hmm. even happened that I know of now yeah. that happened in my family that yeah. was swept under the rug yeah. and it wasn't addressed, mm-hmm. um, and it caused like generational yeah. right. pain and all this yeah. stuff. But if it hadn't been dealt with, mm-hmm. um, or it may it had been a strong sense of mental illness mm-hmm. in this lineage, yep. but it wasn't addressed. Mm-hmm. And I also was looking at something of when you said the medical the the medical side of it mm-hmm. that, you know, of course we uh historically were used as experiments. Right. Because right. people just used us as test dummies. Yes. Yeah. On everything. Yeah. Um because of our melanin. Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah. just because yeah. we were treated as lesson. Yeah. Right. And so I think that also has a lot to do with uh people's with the doctor side and just going to trusting people mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um so how, what ways would you try to convince um, people to branch out and go to therapy? Of mm-hmm. course, we again, like I say, <laughs> I say it all the time Jesus and therapy yes. be helping me through. Like, yes. it's not just therapy, yeah. it's Jesus, yeah. the Holy Spirit, all oh, that yes. working together. Like, Absolutely. all things work together, like they all work together. Absolutely. So, how would you convince someone who, you know, would like to be but they're kind of scared or nervous
1: i think it depends on what their fear is Mm -hmm. so for some people you do have to validate a therapist as a real provider like you have to talk to them about how this doctor is for this you know like Mm -hmm. you said um and i really like what you said in the beginning you were like you know you go to the doctor and even though you may not deal with a mental health or like a diagnosis or something like that, you mm-hmm. still go to therapy. Right. And even when we're not sick, we have our annuals. Mm-hmm. We still go get our physicals. Right. Like even when our teeth aren't falling out, we still go to the dentist and get a cleaner. I hope. No, I <laughs> hope. listen, schedule an appointment. Please. I hope that, you know, we still maintain mm-hmm. what has been given to us. So one approach is here's a way to maintain what God has blessed you with already. And of Mm -hmm. course, understanding as a believer that the enemy is always seeking to devour, always seeking to throw us off track. Mm -hmm. You have your pastor who is there to lead, but you also have uh, someone else who is professionally trained to help you maintain what God has blessed you with. So this one approach is just educating. Mm -hmm. The second approach I would say would be kind of uncovering what that fear is. Some people are afraid of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Some people are afraid that you know, they have been hurt in the past and they've shared information, like you said, with a pastor mm-hmm. or with a trusted church member. And their business got, you know, spread around mm-hmm. having, you know, giving them the opportunity to say, hey, just try this out. Just test this out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another approach would be allowing them to talk to somebody that they are, that they trust. Mm-hmm. Um, So like for me, my first time going to therapy was after my dad died and I went to grief therapy. And I completely told the lady all these stories about how I was fine. I didn't want to talk to her because, honestly, I didn't feel safe. And in hindsight, I wish I would have talked to her because I grieved terribly after that. But I didn't trust her. Um, So allowing people the opportunity to choose. um, Like you said, the first guy that you went to really wasn't for you. It it letting (laughs) I know, listen, some because some therapists that they're just not for you, they could be for Mm -hmm. other people that they may not be for you. Um, but trying it out is the same way that when you go get your hair done Mm -hmm. and you try a new beautician, she may not be for you, Mm -hmm. your nail tech may not be for you. But this is somebody who's been professionally trained, right? Mm -hmm. This is somebody who gets paid for their services, and you Mm -hmm. may need to try this nail shop and then try this nail shop until you find a place. That is suitable for you. Um, so, just taking the stigma down that you're not crazy. And if you do have a mental um, health diagnosis, that it is possibly explained through trauma, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's possibly explained through hereditary means. Mm-hmm. It could be something that runs in your family. Mm-hmm. It could be possibly explained through medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, some mental health diagnoses are literally a result of a chemical imbalance in your body. Certain, or that serves the that... medicine they can balance it out. Just like you take high blood pressure medicine. If your body's not or you know, diabetes, if your body's not producing enough insulin, what do you do? You take the insulin. If your brain is not producing enough serotonin, which is the, um, the one of the chemicals that helps with you having a positive mood, you take something that gives you more serotonin. Mm-hmm. And saying it to somebody like that is like, oh, okay. But telling them, oh, you need to take medicine because you're crazy, that scares people. Mm-hmm. Talking to people in very simple terms in a way that they can understand, oh, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. removes the stigma also gives them an opportunity to educate other people and it frees them from being able to see how it's been in their generations, how it's in their family Mm -hmm. it teaches them more compassion how to be gentle with themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and overall just the wellness of life but I believe that the foundation for introducing anybody to a new way of life is education you have to get people to understand why they need it Mm-hmm. And what does it mean if I do go to therapy? What does it mean if I don't go to therapy? What are my options? If I don't want to go to this kind of therapist, I can go to that kind of therapist. You know, There's a wide variety. Listen, it's all different types of therapy. That's why I had to go to school for two and a half years. Because it's all different types of orientation of therapy. But to get someone who's nervous, you have to meet them where they are. It's the same mm-hmm. way you meet a believer where they are for the first time. You know, a babe in Christ. They may not understand all the complexities of church etiquette or, you know, how the King James Version sounds. But you meet them right where they are. You let them know Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. You know, he said All of that, you got them. You know? Um, so I think the simple things of just educating and meeting people where they are, all that to say that. You got to meet people where they are.
0: Absolutely. And every aspect. Every aspect. So I like how you said that, you know, you have to, like, you go to, like, you told, like you said about me, Mm -hmm. I went to the one guy, which, okay, he was just saying, okay, yeah all right. And I was just like, so you're not going to carry (laughs) So it really became like a venting session Mm -hmm. or like, I was just like, I just feel less of a woman because I'm not able to breastfeed And he was just like, okay, okay. Right. he couldn't really connect to it because he he's could. not a mom right right and so then when i went to the next lady who wasn't she wasn't she wasn't giving she was just listening to mm-hmm. and so maybe mm-hmm. i just needed to have these people listen to mm-hmm. me but i had to try people out yeah. um and i have the right fit like yeah. i told my therapist i don't need I was going to say, bruh, but right. I don't need you to move. Yeah, like you need you need to stay here. Right. right, I need you to stay here. Right, but if you don't, we can do virtual. Right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like, I mean, because I feel like it's the right fit, mm-hmm. and then like just like with other doctors, like any other doctors, like I had to fire some. You know, mm-hmm. you have yeah. to find the right person mm-hmm. for you. Just like everything you said. So it it does become a process mm-hmm. because you might not have the right person the first go around i would hope so yeah. and it will like get or if you don't have the right person it'll just like get the thoughts in your wheels mm-hmm. flowing like okay i need to go i need to go but i need to find somebody like this right because my issue my first thing was i knew i wanted to talk to somebody who looked like me right so like You had to look like me first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, like, when I'm doing the search with Sigma, I'm like, if they need to be. (laughs) Like, because, of course, a lot of people, their thing also is the price. Mm -hmm. Because with my job, I get, like, three free sessions with any provider. Like, Mm -hmm. I can leave my provider, even though I'm not. But I can go to another provider and and get three free sessions. sessions. Or I can go somewhere else. But there's, like, instability. Mm -hmm. But you're your job will actually depending on the stressfulness Mm -hmm. of your job, Mm -hmm. it will they will provide for you to go to different places. And even my grief therapy is not even a cost for it. Like it's like the program they have Mm -hmm. grants. Mm -hmm. So if you're grieving out there, you know that you need to talk to somebody. Like there's programs out there that you probably won't even have to pay. It's not like income based or anything like that. It's just This is here for Mm -hmm. people. We need people to join. Like, we need people to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And that trust, like, because I know a lot of times, like, I don't trust a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't trust a lot of people with with my child to watch my child. I don't trust a lot of people to do a lot of stuff like if. If Toya can't do my hair, then my hair just gonna be—it's <laughs> be, not gonna get done. Mm-hmm. done. I'll probably let Nadia uh, flat iron it or something. But it ain't too many people getting in my mm-hmm. head because I've had too, too much craziness, right. and like I've gone too far with my hair mm-hmm. journey and mm-hmm. like my dermatitis, and mm-hmm. I have to get steroid shots monthly. Mm-hmm. So like this. If sis move, right. I'm moving with them. Like, <laughs> we gonna move. And the same thing, like, with my nail tech, I'm gonna be like, oh, I gotta yeah. start over. Because, like, you have those people, and it's the same thing with a the therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, once you find one, try to stay with them mm-hmm. as, like, much as possible. Yeah. So, my other question is, what's the difference between, like, people needing therapy and then needing a life coach? So, I don't... In the therapy
1: world, we feel a way about people who call themselves life coaches. Oh, um, mm-hmm. because it's not a, it's not a um, license profession. Put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, so a life coach is somebody, to my understanding, and this is just for me seeing people being life coaches, who just is kind of like a shoulder to lean on, like a person that you go to for advice, a person you trust in certain areas of your life that you can talk
0: to. I could be a life. Coach. Be. Yeah, technically this. Yeah, you could. This is like a life coach. Well, absolutely. I don't have no credentials. You don't have to have none. Okay. Mm-mm. You okay. don't have to have if you can, you can
1: wake up tomorrow and put life coach in your bio hmm.
0: and call yourself a life coach.
1: Now, there are people who do like little trainings and certifications, but they're not credentialed. Not until like I they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but a therapist. So let me tell you about the journey I had to go through. I had to get an undergraduate degree. I had to apply to a graduate program at an accredited university with an accredited um, counseling program. I had to go through two and a half years, get 60 plus credits of classes. I had to get seven 800 hours of supervised um, counseling practice. So for the past year, I had been working a full time job and also interning. Providing free therapy. It was not getting paid for this at all to people. Um, and I'm in something called community mental health. So I work with people who suffer with homelessness, severe mental illness, substance abuse, displacement. Um, I work with people off the street. So I was providing free therapy to these people while I was getting my degree. After you get your degree, you have to, like I said, get another thousand hours of supervised practice to get a license. Also, I had to pass... A national, national counselor's exam. So the credentials for being a therapist is a lot. It's, extensive. It, it's, it's like it's being ex- a teacher. It's like extensive people- and expensive. Expensive <laughs> and expensive. It's a lot. Okay. Um, But a life coach is just someone that I think probably has the, the potential to be a therapist. A lot of them probably could be good therapists. Mm-hmm. They have something that we call in the therapy world, the natural helper gene.
0: Uh, but they may not
1: have the money or the time or the resources to be able to get licensed, which is okay. The only thing is sometimes you can cause harm to people um, because in there when in my one of the first lessons I learned outside of confidentiality was do not give advice. You do not give advice. You do not say you need to do or I think you should do. Mm-hmm. You help people get to a place where they understand for themselves. They come to enlightenment for themselves. Or you give them suggestions. Or you show them the path and just kind of push them to the path that they choose. Mm -hmm. But number two rule, do not give people advice. And I think a lot of life coaches are probably giving advice based on their own experience. because, mm-hmm. Nessa, I think you can talk to people who have experienced things that you have experienced. Mm-hmm. But everybody's life is different. Right. And you just have to be careful about the path that you lead people down. Because you could be, you know, sentiment in the dog, Child.
0: And that's why I mainly say this is <laughs> not therapy. Do not substitute. Collect Your Life right. Incorporated podcast for right. therapy. This is right. not <laughs> therapy. I am providing experiences it's on different resource. topics. Yeah. Yes. So, that's why we have the licensed people. (laughs) I'm licensed to teach. 7 through 12. Yes, 7 through 12. That is what I have credentials in. I have a master's in teaching. I'm getting a doctorate in education. That's what I am. That's what I can give you. Educate. Dr. Ray. Listen, trying to get there. (laughs) But that's all I can do. I can't. I mean, I can help you write an essay because Mm -hmm. guess what? I got a degree in English. Right. So, I can help you write an essay, a contract, anything. Mm -hmm. But that's why I try to make sure people understand this is not a substitute yes. for for therapy. Yes. Please go to the professionals yes. who got the credentials. Yes. Like like Minister Nadia, let yes. me make sure I give you a oh, title. Like oh. Minister Nadia has the credentials out here. Yes. So, um, is there ever a time where like you as a believer and therapist kinda like clash?
1: Yes. A lot of times they clash and I'm trying to figure out how to make them mesh because I can talk to people in therapy terms and it's hard to do that because when you talk to people in church, they're they're used to being talked to a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes people can only understand based on what they're used to being you know, talk to, you know, what they understand, the the language, the lingo, you know, like the stuff that we hear in church all the time. And sometimes I'm talking to people like, like I'm their therapist and it can be a good thing, but sometimes it's like, okay, that's not what they need right now. You know, they need, especially for the black community. One thing that I've learned is that When you're used to an authoritative figure talking to you a certain way or guiding you, leading you in a certain way, a therapist doesn't do the same thing a preacher does. A preacher gives you the information, they hoop, they holler, they sweat, they cry, but a therapist puts the ball back in your court. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you think about that? You know, you don't, when you're sitting in a sermon, your pastor's not asking you how you feel about what he's saying. Right. You're just listening, but a therapist is asking you, hey, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. So I have to be careful because some people will come to me and be like, tell me what this means. And I'll go down my therapy route. And they're like, uh-uh, just answer me. And then some people are like, stop preaching to me. Therapize me. So it doesn't mean, no, like for real, people will tell me I need therapy here right now. Okay, cool. Um, But I do think they work well together because to be a therapist, you have to be compassionate. Yes. And to minister the gospel, you also have to be compassionate, and like you have to care about people. And that's one thing that I do. I care about people. I care about their souls. I care about their minds, their hearts. You know. Um, so sometimes it get a little weird because I do too much, because I talk too much, and then they just looking at me like that's not
0: what I actually. <laughs> As you, you had one job, and, and you did. You did not give. <laughs> you did not give what you were supposed to give. Not at all. Mm-mm. I be do doing weird sometimes. I, I get it because yeah. sometimes I really Have to catch myself Because legally I can't just say Stuff at school mm-hmm. With the kids mm-hmm. I want to be like I'm going to throw this oil on you Or you need deliverance mm-hmm. You know all these things You know that we say in church And as a believer I be wanting to And uh-huh, I just have to yeah. pray over there yeah. in my desk uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Because yeah. Holy Spirit need to be come, coming especially in
1: Especially with my clients Mm-hmm. So now I understand what you was asking me. Mm-hmm. It's been times where I sit in a session with a client and just full-blown knew that they needed deliverance. Mm-hmm. And not because of my personal opinion, but because they were saying stuff like the devil was talking to me. Like they're mm-hmm. actively telling me. I'm not assuming. They're telling me, you know, the devil said this to me, or I'm hearing this voice telling me to go do this. So I'm hearing, you know, and I'm sitting there like. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with my mask on, probably praying. I'm praying under my mask, like, okay, give me guidance, gives me, because I, for some people, you can't say stuff like lift your hand. You can't say that to people. You right. know, you can't. And I went to a private Christian school, so I was taught how to integrate scripture into everything that I, I do. Mm-hmm. But all therapists are not like that. I'm not a Christian therapist. I'm a therapist who is a Christian. And there's a difference mm-hmm. because my faith does not uh, overpower my degree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It coincides with my degree. But legally, I'm taught to do everything that a secular therapist is taught to do. But I choose to incorporate my faith into it. But when you're working with people who don't share the same faith as you, legally, you can't do that. You cannot do that. But I pray. Listen, I got a wall at home with my clients. And their names and their issues, and I'll be calling them out. And when I, because it's hard. Some days I just want to be like, listen, this is what the Lord is saying. <laughs> this is what the Lord is saying Hear about your ye situation. The the Hear the word of the Lord. And you can't do that. You got to be careful. And it's, it's about, it's like scripture talks about knowing a time and a place. And there's a season for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think church church people will, the church, when I say church people, the church historically would be like, just pray about it. Just pray about it. There's a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. And not to say that we should not constantly pray, because the Bible also tells us to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. But there is a time and place. Like, Jesus wasn't, when he met the woman at the well, he wasn't going upside her head telling her that she was a sinner. Mm -hmm. He talked to her in a way that she understood. And through his revelation, she was able to understand What it was he was trying to communicate. Now he could have came up to her and be like, "You dirty woman, you with these husbands you got, and you need to be delivered, and you you need need to be saved, and you need to keep yourself." And how you know you've been out here sleeping? You know how we get it in church, but he talked to her in a way that was appropriate for who she was and her situation. Um, so I have to be careful not to push what I believe on other people, and also understand that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And if I pray for this person, he's faithful to answer. He's mm-hmm. faithful to deliver them. It's not my job to try and get them to see what I want them to see. I let mm-hmm. the Lord do that. Right. You know, right. so it's understanding my role. Gotta stay in my lane.
0: Stay in your lane. Because he's the powerful one. Not right. Me. Right. And just let him lead you, yes. basically. Yes. Is there anything else you would like to share just with being a minister and being a the licensed
1: therapist um if you're considering going to therapy for those who are listening to the collect your life first i'm gonna call y'all the collect your lifers. um so if you're considering going to therapy um and you are a believer pray about it okay let the lord show you who to try out if you're not a believer and you're considering going to therapy research okay um, my first therapist was not a Christian. She was a Jewish, lesbian, white woman, and she gathered me, collected me, if oh, I may. She collected. Your oh, life. did she collect me? She did. And once I got to a point where I was like, now I need to talk to somebody about stuff that relates to me being a black woman, I found another therapist. Yeah. But my first therapist was the complete opposite of me, but she was a professional. And she asked me, do you want me to uh, incorporate faith into our sessions? I said, yes. And a good therapist is someone who can do that despite what they believe in. Yeah. We were, I, I took religion classes. I had to learn about other people's faith so that I would know how to talk to them. I had to learn about other people's cultures, like how to approach someone who's Asian. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't make direct eye contact with somebody like that because to them that's—that's that's not respect. So this kind of you know we were trying to do this kind of stuff to respect different cultures, but my first therapist was nothing like me, and she still did her job. Now that may not be for everybody. Mm-hmm. As a therapist, I knew it was okay for me to go to somebody else, but for somebody who's trying it out for the first time, if you want a male because you're a guy, go for it. If you are a female and you want a male, go for it. You know, try try it out. Do your research. Um, and for your believers, pray about it. Um, because I believe that God has put people in the earth to assist us along the way. Just like Janissa is a teacher. She was given a natural gift to be able to teach. Um, and she has done well with her gift. And I want people Brian, to listen. It's doing doctor, is doing amazing, all right. I know your students are being blessed on a regular basis. Um, but also understand that A therapist was given a natural gift to be able to assist. Uh, But I also want to make a clarification. I'm a therapist. I do not prescribe medication. It's a psychiatrist. So you have a psychologist who studies the mind. You have a therapist who actually practices therapy. And you have a psychiatrist who is a medical doctor. Psychiatrists are medical doctors. I do not prescribe medication.
0: So they actually go to medical school and then they have that
1: Special. It's a dual okay. thing. Yes, yeah, it's okay. a dual thing. They are MDS, um, with a special special specialty in psychiatry. Mm-hmm. Um, however, because of where I work in community mental health, I do help people with their medication because of just the work, where I work. But we do not prescribe medicine. So if you go to your therapist and you say I need some anxiety medication, they're gonna tell you to go to your doctor because yes. we cannot. <laughs> and if your therapist does give you medication, report them okay (laughs) because they are legally they are out of order (laughs) okay i took one one pharmacology class i am nowhere near able to tell you anything about medication um but if you find yourself taking medication do your research if you if you find yourself in need of it um i am encouraging people to do their part to remove the stigma as a person who is a believer, as a black woman who at one point in time felt like medication was the devil. I did. I feel like it's it's pharmacale. It's witchcraft. Like, you know, real super spiritual. Until I learned that the brain has chemical levels. Mm-hmm. And certain medicines, just like certain foods, just like certain vitamins, will literally oh. help. Listen, vitamin D, it literally boosts your mood. And some medications just help with... You know, like the, the balances in your brain. So, if you find yourself on the other side of therapy, needing some medication, do your research and know that um, it's not something wrong with you or that it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Something is happening, and that there is a resource to help you get to a point where you can manage what's happening. Yes. Um, that's the way you. Ha- I have to frame it to people is that it's not that you are, you're evil, you're terrible, you're all of it. Something's happening. And we just got to do what we got to do to make sure you can be okay with what's happening. It may not be that way for a lifetime. It may be that way for a lifetime. But if this is going to help you live a productive life, you know, what's what's a, what's a penny to a dollar? It, you know, so. Uh, the stigma. The stigma. Do your research. And just find peace within yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, your, for my believers, pray about it. You get prescribed something and you don't feel comfortable with it. Check to see first if this is just you being super spiritual, you know, because sometimes our biases will get us out of whack. Mm-hmm. But do your research, pray about it. Let the Lord lead you on what to take um, so that you can take care of yourself. Yeah. Got to take care of yourself. So I think that's my last little tip there. You asked a really good question.
0: Well, I really appreciate you for joining us. Like, well, we appreciate you at Collect Your Life Incorporated yes, for joining us tonight. Well, it, i was going to say today <laughs> on tonight, tonight. <laughs> on tonight so we uh again appreciate you we have something for you we'll give it to you but we really appreciate you for joining us and we hope that you guys go seek the therapy that you need um also as if you know believers make sure you, you you still believe listen, it, don't? Listen. Don't let Jesus go. They ain't a substitute. They right. go together. 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 So sure, a Jesus, and, and, and the and. Here we is go an addition, All like on. addition. Okay. <laughs> so make sure that you are uh going to doing both. Like you need both. Yes. Okay. Yes. In this day and age, okay. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you for episode fifteen. <laughs>